folks, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. We are in week number 32. And our last episode marked the end of section 2 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Again, as a reminder, the Heidelberg Catechism is divided in three sections. Our misery, number one. Our redemption, number two. And our thankfulness, number three. And today we arrive at section number three titled, Our Thankfulness. Section number three is comprised of Lord's Days number 32 through 52. This section is divided in the following way. Lord's Day number 32 and 33 speak of conversion. Lord's Days number 34 to 44 speak of the Ten Commandments. And finally, Lord's Days number 45 through 52 speak of the Lord's Prayer. Therefore, this last section contains a lot of really good content that I'm excited to share with you. And as I mentioned, we begin with Lord's Day number 32, which begins with the following question. Since we have been delivered from our misery by grace alone through Christ without any merit of our own, why must we yet do good works? The Heidelberg Catechism answers it this way. Because Christ, having redeemed us by His blood, also renews us by His Holy Spirit to be His image, so that with our whole life we may show ourselves thankful to God for His benefits, and He may be praised by us. Further, that we ourselves may be assured of our faith by its fruits, and that by our godly walk of life, we may win our neighbors for Christ. Notice that the emphasis to this answer has to do with us being thankful to God for His benefits. What does that mean? The benefits of salvation. And therefore, because He has saved us, He may be praised by us, as the Heidelberg Catechism puts it. And there is a second thrust given in this answer. It says, again, that further that we ourselves may be assured of our faith by its fruits. So again, it is for our own good that we do good works so that through our godly life, we may win our neighbors for Christ. Just as Christ said, they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. So our good works are to lead others to deeper faith even maybe salvific faith, and also our good works are an act of worship, as it mentions here, by its fruits, to the Lord. A few passages of Scripture are presented here, starting with Romans six thirteen, which says, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And of course, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and pleasing, perfect will of God. Further, one last verse I'd like to mention is 1 Corinthians 6.20, which says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What a beautiful verse that Paul offers us in 1 Corinthians 6.20. 
May we never forget that Jesus paid the price of our salvation with his own blood. It was bought at a price our salvation was. So we must glorify God in our body, with our bodies, and in our spirits, with our innermost being, because they belong to God. Well, I do want to pinpoint the idea that the Heidelberg Catechism offers of fruits. I believe that they probably borrow this from Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 through 18, which says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. So my question to you and to myself is, are you bearing good fruit? Are you a good tree or a bad tree? This reflection question is important because, again, we are called to do works for God. Now, good works, that is. It doesn't mean that uh, by our good works we are saved or that we earn more favor from God, but it does speak of our works glorifying God for who He is because of what He has done through Jesus and His own personhood. Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice that the glorification of the Father is the thrust, not our own, not so that we may boast on what we can do for God or we can even do for others but that God may be glorified. Well, interestingly enough, the Heidelberg Catechism does not offer the famous verse, in my opinion, from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, the idea of good works is important because in that same chapter, it says that we were saved by grace through faith. In other words, it's not something that we have done. As a matter of fact, the, the two preceding verses says that exactly. It says we're by grace, you have been saved through faith. And it is, this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Of course, there is an emphasis here on our boasting being in, in Christ and what He has done and not what we can do, not our good works. Therefore, again, the locus of our praise and the locus of our boasting should be Jesus Christ Himself. And remember that this episode, alongside the next episode, speak of conversion. When we surrender our lives to Jesus in repentance. And when we come before him and ask for his forgiveness, we are called to live by faith through his grace and by his grace, but to also do good works to let our light shine, as Jesus says, before men so that God may be glorified. And notice that the emphasis is on those who have been saved, which leads us to the next question in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 32. Which leads us to the final question in Lord's Day number 32. Can those be saved who do not turn to God from their ungrateful and impenitent walk of life? Or in other words, unrepentant walk of life. The answer is an emphatic by no means. The Heidelberg Catechism continues. Scripture says that no unchaste person, idolater, adulterer, thief, greedy person, drunkard, a slanderer, a robber, or the like shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, concerning this answer, we must clarify, will people who are idolaters, adulterers, thieves, greedy, and so forth and so on, will they not be in the kingdom of God? Well, we do know that 
many people who are or war thieves and greedy and drunkards and so forth and so on will be in the kingdom of God. They will inherit heaven. But notice the emphasis in the war. People who war unrepentant and ungrateful, as the Heidelberg Catechism says, will inherit the kingdom of God. But those who are not, they live in their sin and do not repent and recognize their need for a savior. Of course, those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the definitive passage for that is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. I'm going to read it through verse 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul says, And such war some of you. The Hebrew imperfect tense of this verb, in this case here, is used as a general past tense and does not carry the connotation of continual or repeated action. It is done did, for lack of better English. And Paul continues here, he says, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Again, there is a justification and a sanctification that happens to the believer once he or she gives their life to Christ, and therefore that person is no longer an unrepentant sinner, but a repentant sinner who recognizes their need for Christ and His grace and comes to Him by faith. And the emphasis here, of course, is on repentance, that those who do come to faith in Jesus Christ are repentant of their sins. They ask for the Lord to forgive their sins so that they may receive the sanctification and justification that only Christ can offer us. Well, folks, that's it for the Preacher's Devo podcast, episode number 32. Thanks for listening, and until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family and subscribe. God bless.